0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great
1: Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Real Presence Live. Coming at you from the Fargo Studios here downtown Fargo between the cathedral and and the railroad tracks. That's right. That's where we are, right here. Therese is producing today. Thanks again so much, Therese. Got the smile and the nod. I appreciate that. I'd like to thank Angela Wambach for being on last segment with us from the Women's Care Center in Fargo. They're doing such great work. And if you haven't taken a tour, they recently moved within the last couple of years and um, to a much, what shall we say, it's a very warm, welcoming in all ways. Again, the people have always been warm and welcoming, but they have... Uh, all their rooms, their entry, and everything you know, is is um, is very, very warm and welcoming. Radical hospitality, as she mentioned of Saint Benedict. So please uh, check that out. All right. Well, we'd like to uh, join now with Father Paul Check from Our Lady of Guadalupe Shrine in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Welcome, Father.
0: Thank you, Tim, and good morning to all your listeners.
1: Yeah, it's so good to be with you. Thanks so much. Now, my, my wife and I have visited there, so I'll, I'll talk about that a late, little later on. But tell our listeners first a little bit about you, Father, and how you got involved in the Shrine.
0: Well, I'm a priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, uh, ordained in 1997, so 24 years a priest. Uh, and my involvement with the Shrine really comes through its founder, uh, Cardinal uh, Raymond Burke, no doubt known to many of your listeners. He was bishop of uh, La Crosse, and it was during that time that he conceived of the idea of a shrine uh, to rekindle uh, in people, certainly in this area, but elsewhere, the ancient devotion of pilgrimage. Uh, and so I had been here uh, several times to participate in conferences and to visit with His Eminence and so on, and Last summer he asked me uh, if I could come for a short period of time to assist him in in a transition, uh, which I was happy to do, I was able to do because of my assignment, and that transition turned into a permanent assignment. Mm. So here I am a year later, uh, uh, and very happy in my work and grateful for uh, Providence.
1: Amen. You know, it's so true. God works in those wonderful ways with us, that's that's for sure. You know, um, I just love... I remember my wife and I went there several years ago now. But um, it was such—you talk about pilgrimage. Let's talk a little bit about that first, Father. It it, it isn't Mm -hmm. just a visit. Let's get a little more into pilgrimage and what that means for our listeners.
0: Well, at least you've asked that question. Uh, The idea of uh, going to a place uh, for a sacred purpose is something that begins in the Old Testament. Uh, People uh, left where they were to go somewhere else. Sometimes they established a permanent residence. But the idea was that in response to uh, God's will, a a grace that was offered, or in petitioning the Lord uh, for a favor uh, or to express gratitude for uh, favors gained, someone would undertake the effort of, let's call it sacred travel, to go somewhere, to a holy place, uh, to be in the presence of God, to give thanks, uh, to petition Him uh, to desire to do His will more fully. Uh, The idea of the pilgrimage, of course, continues into the New Testament. Our Lord Himself makes pilgrimage. He goes to Jerusalem, for instance. And uh, that uh, idea of then visiting holy places... Uh, continues, of course, after his uh, ascension into heaven. People come to where the Lord was, and so Jerusalem today is an important point of pilgrimage uh, uh, for Christians. So uh, the idea of pilgrimage perhaps is not as well-known here in the United States as it might be in Europe, where uh, two major pilgrimage points would be Rome and Santiago de Compostela in Spain. Mm -hmm. Uh, And here in our country, though we have sacred places, uh, perhaps the idea isn't as well known. So this was something that the card wanted to do to to restore this idea in people's minds and to strengthen it by building uh, by building this,
1: the shrine. So true. Talking with Father Paul Cech about the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in La Crosse, Wisconsin. You know, when you talk about pilgrimage, I, just from a personal look, my wife and I have been, been on several. One to La Crosse, that was a personal one we drove to. We've been to Rome, we've been to the Holy Land. And it really is. When you, I like how you put it, sacred traveler, you know, travel with a sacred purpose. That's a nice, concise way to talk about pilgrimage. Oh. It, it's much more than just, you know, a tour, a tourist destination. And it really is amazing what that does. We still, you know, remember, we still are profoundly affected by what. We experienced and encountered in preparing for and on that pilgrimage. It's it's not just something that, you know, it's a one and done. It's something that, even in prayer, you know, there isn't a week that goes by that I'm not meditating or, you know, uh, experiencing the fruits of something that I experienced on one of our pilgrimages. And so that has that great lasting effect. And the second thing I would say is that when you talk about the sacred, I mean, how much is that needed around the world, especially here in the United States? We travel all the time, but how about travel, as you said, for a sacred purpose, something that really connects us with God?
0: Yes. Uh, I spent several years in Rome because of my studies there for the priesthood, and there are various churches where when you, you go inside, some of them are, are especially known as pilgrimage points, where you see uh, different things hanging on the wall, mm-hmm. uh, those things are called ex votos, uh, which means um, from the fulfillment of the vow. So mm-hmm. someone uh, goes to a holy place, and in this in this case, they actually leave something memento. There are places. There's a uh, there's a church in in uh, in Canada where there many people have been healed, and so there are crutches and other things that have been left. This testifies to in a very incarnational way. Uh, the desire of the, the heart to give thanks to God uh, for his goodness and a petition, a prayer answered or received. And, and just as you said, then it's not just a memory. But right. now this has been woven into the fabric of someone's interior life and their Christian life, and therefore they call it to mind often.
1: So true, so true. Well, let's. we had a few minutes left here before the break, Father. Let's talk a little bit about, about the Shrine itself and when it was built. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's, it's yeah. probably built in stages as other things. But give our listeners a little uh, of that flavor.
0: So 2008 is when the Shrine Church is, is consecrated. Uh, so for the last 12 and uh, now coming up on 13 years, uh, we have been receiving pilgrims. Uh, and we have a daily mass. On Sundays, we have Mass in English, Latin, and Spanish, um, and this has become a, a particular point in, in recent times, especially in and around the, the, the pandemic and its aftermath. For confessions, uh, we hear as many as 300 confessions a month now. Wow! Uh, uh, so this is this is something else that the, the shrine provides you a service. In. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to that, we have conferences. So there are people who gather here for for different things. We have three conferences every summer. Queen of the Americas Guild, the Marian Catechist, and the canon law, civil law conference called Speculum Justitia, uh, which is uh, the title of Our Lady, Mayor of Justice. Um, and so people come for those. And then there are other reasons why throughout the year people will come for particular talks, and we, the administration of the sacraments and so on. But really, I think the point I'd like just to emphasize the most, in uh, apart from what we've already talked about with regard to pilgrimage, is the shrine is really an oasis of peace. And you probably sensed that when you came on the grounds and the time that you spent here. Absolutely. It's really a place of heart. And uh, I think people feel it when they're on the grounds and they treasure it uh, while they're here and after they leave.
1: That, that's so true. When, when you were talking, I, again, going back to the experience that experience of peace. And, and quite honestly, this is a time that we're going around and and, and, and there were a few difficulties in, in my life at the time. And, you know, God in His grace just draws us to Him, doesn't He, in so many different ways. And I just can still vividly remember with my wife uh, walking and just really feeling this profound sense of peace, walking through the grounds, walking through the stations, the rosary walk. And in particular, uh, Memorial to the Unborn, that really, yeah. that really stood, stood, uh, stood out with us. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that Memorial to the Unborn, and we'll hit some other things later. Thank you.
0: It's an extraordinary uh, uh, devotional shrine, an idea that the Cardinal had. And what it do- does, um, I think especially, Tim, is it honors uh, the sadness, the loss, the pain, the sacrifice of children uh, who have been uh, miscarried. Mm-hmm. While of course also calling to mind that that the terrible uh, scourge of abortion, so we actually uh, uh, periodically do entombments for people who bring um, the remains of a miscarried child, and we have a ritual that we go through, and we, we see it as a ministry of healing mm-hmm. and, and peace uh, when there's been a real loss. And then at the outside, at the if the uh, at the beginning of the plaza where the memorial is, you recall there's a. An original uh, sculpture of Our Lady holding three infants in her um, in her lap, mm-hmm. uh, as uh, under the title of uh, Our Our Lady Patroness of the Unborn.
1: So true, and you know, my, my wife. It's it's kind of interesting. You should say that. So I'll just tell you the rest of the story. Since you mentioned uh, my wife and I had had just experienced uh, a miscarriage just a, a few weeks before that, and um, we were praying. You know, it it, it, it is it's very difficult. And yeah. trying, and of course we we, we named the child, and yeah. uh, you know can't, can't can't wait to see uh, up in heaven. But that that was a very very much a healing experience. Our whole visit visit to the shrine, but especially as you mentioned, um, that 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 great great memorial to the unborn. It just really. And it was great because we we stayed, stopped there before Mass, went to Mass, prayed, you know, prayed at Mass as well, and then went out and and, and another had another time of prayer, went on the rosary walk together, you know, praying uh, for, for this whole situation. And I got to tell you, the healing that happened Good. as a result of that pilgrimage is amazing. So I certainly want to uh, highly recommend that personally to anyone listening.
0: Well, praise God, and I would encourage your listeners to look at our website, Guadalupe Shrine, all one word, Guadalupe Shrine.org, and they can see more about the Memorial to the Unborn, the Rosary Walk, and the other devotional areas, in addition to the Magnificent
1: Shrine Church itself. Absolutely. We're, ta- we're talking um, with Father Paul Cech about the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and uh, we're going to take a break here in just a minute, Father. but when we come back, I, I would like to uh, talk a little bit more about uh, some of the places and things that you, uh, that you have there also the Pilgrim Center. And there's also some exciting things that are planned for the future that uh, we're going to get into also with Father. And so again, this idea of pilgrimage, yes, this is the time. Take that pilgrimage. And this is one of the great places to do it. So again, we're talking with Father Paul Cech about Our Lady of Guadalupe Shrine in La Crosse, Wisconsin. We're going to take a short break. And when we do that, we'll be back and we'll talk a little more about Our Lady of Guadalupe Shrine. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back. Right after this, this is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on
0: conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.
1: Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio, with today's Plan Giving Minute. And charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701 290 4503. Let's get started.
0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local
1: hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser, your host, coming at you from the Fargo Studios in downtown. Therese is producing again, and you are so professional, Therese. Yes, exactly. Thank you. You're welcome. We're talking with Father Paul Check Originally, from the eastern United States, but of course Cardinal Burke said, "Hey, can you come out and help me a little bit?" and and he did. And lo and behold, here he is. He's uh, working with us at the, uh, the Our Lady of Guadalupe Shrine. Again, it's GuadalupeShrine dot org. GuadalupeShrine If you're looking for more information, again, my wife and I took a personal pilgrimage there several years ago, and it was just it was amazing. It really is amazing. So, Father, welcome back. Why don't you uh, just give our listeners a little flavor about uh, about the grounds, about the different devotionals, the different areas there uh, there at the mm-hmm. Shrine?
0: Oh, I'm happy to do that. We have 100 acres of uh, property. Uh, much of it is hill country. But uh, where when you drive on to uh, on the property, you're on the plain. Mm-hmm. And this time of year, a bit later, you're going to see the cornfields and so on. And as you drive up, you come first to... Uh, the Pilgrim Center, which houses the restaurant called the Colina Mariana and the gift shop called the Flores Maria. It's where the administrative offices are, where I and my staff. Um, And then, uh, uh, in addition to that, it's a place where pilgrim groups often assemble and meet, and we can give a talk and and prepare them uh, for the journey up to the Shrine Church. There's a path. Uh, through, uh, by which you approach the church because when you drive onto the property, you can't actually see it because mm-hmm. it's up in the, in the, in the, the mountains. Uh, well, I should say in the hillside. One of the great things about Western Wisconsin is that it was not flattened by the glaciers. Ah. Eastern Wisconsin is flat. The Western side of the state is not. So we have the Mississippi River, we have the bluffs and so on. And so the Shrine Church is built into one of the bluffs and you don't see it until you walk up the pilgrim path, and uh, that's a very attractive feature because it's part of the pilgrimage, the ascent upwards, Mm -hmm. not so much what you're leaving behind, but what you're going to a sacred place. We do have golf course if the weather is uh, very poor or for people who are not able to to, to make the walk. Uh, So as you go that there are different devotional shrines along the path, the pilgrim path, um, and then, when you come out into the plaza at the top, you'll look at the facade of the of the church. To the right is the friary where the Franciscan friars of the Immaculate live. They're the ones who have the spiritual care of the pilgrims. And back off to the left and over the shoulder would be the memorial to the unborn, which we had been speaking about previously, and the entrance to the Rosary Walk, which is uh, in the side uh, of, of the hill. Uh, when you come into the Church, uh, you you have the sense that you're in Rome. It's the Baroque-style architecture uh, that reminds us of uh, magnificent uh, uh, churches there, like St. Peter's and like St. Mary Major. We actually have a special relationship with St. Mary Major. We're a Marian shrine, and the baldacchino and the altar in the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe are patterned after the baldacchino, uh and the altar at Saint Mary Major. Hmm. Um within the church there are uh side altars and devotional shrines uh to different saints and all of the paintings over those altars of, of Miguel Pro and of uh of Saint Therese and Saint Faustina, uh for instance, Saint Peregrine, they're all original works of art that hmm. were commissioned uh especially uh for uh for the shrine. And then, of course, there's an altar to Our Lady and Saint Joseph, um, and so itself is a magnificent building. We we give a scheduled tour every day at one fifteen for individual pilgrims who would like to come, and then we'll arrange things specially for a larger group uh, should they uh, should they want to be
1: on a tour. That's wonderful. Talking with Father Paul Czech about the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Let's just talk, um, I'd like to talk about a couple of them a little more in depth. For instance, I, I loved your votive, that, that the candle chapel. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the chapel and then there's a way that people, even online, can have a candle lit for as long as they want, you know, with, with the appropriate help. And uh, that idea of ceaseless prayer, always praying, always the light.
0: Well, that's it. So for us, as Catholics, one of the devotional um, expressions of, of our love for God and the desire to pray always is uh, is the lighting of a candle. Uh, this is deep, deeply woven into the fabric of our, our, our Catholic culture. So another innovation in the best sense of creativity in the mind of the Cardinal and the designers of the Shrine was the votive candle chapel. Uh, which you can see when you drive under the property, and it is uh, very close by to the Pilgrim Center. And in it, there are uh, regularly burning over 600 candles that last for almost a week. And yes, it is possible to look at the website, find the section for the Votive Candle Chapel, and to request that a candle be lighted for a particular intention, where it will burn uh, for for about me, for about six days. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that is, uh, again, a, a, a beautiful devotional expression of, of the Christian heart's desire to pray always and to be close to God.
1: Yeah, and there are also options there as well. If you want to uh, have more can, you know, candle burning for longer, you can do that as well. So that's wonderful. And we, yes. we, we touched on this a little bit, but let's go back to it, Father, this idea of naming a deceased unborn child. Maybe two things, if you would. Mm-hmm. Talk about that ceremony, but also talk about the importance of naming that miscarried or deceased, you know, child before it was born?
0: Okay, so the, it's, a, it's such a good point. It's something to think about very carefully. I remember uh, years ago hearing that Fulton Sheen, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, used to encourage this very thing for parents who had uh, lost a child uh, or also for for babies who were aborted. To name something, Tim, is to personalize it. <laughs> uh, now we are not just thinking of a baby, or uh, a, a human being, but we are thinking of a person. And a person has a face and a person has a name. These are things that are particular to the individual. So by naming the child, uh, what the couple is doing is personalizing it. And because that, that, that child is not just a baby or even just a child, it's a son or a daughter. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the healing process is, is the embrace of a, of a unique person someone who in the creative uh, uh, mind of God uh, uh, came into existence at the moment of conception, and through, uh, uh, of course, the the loss very sad in in, in, in either the case of a miscarriage or abortion, the the, the one in a way being more tragic than the other, the latter being more tragic than the other. Nevertheless, this is the loss of a person, and a person with a unique uh, beginning, and of course uh, a, a, a unique life, even though very brief. So I think that's uh, is something um, that's uh, very human, uh, very natural, and, of course, it's taken up into the Christian mind uh, because of, of, of our Lord himself speaking about children, as fondly as he did, and open trying to open our hearts more uh, to welcoming them.
1: So true. Yes, yes, we're talking to Father Paul Cech about Our Lady of Guadalupe Shrine on the Cross. So many other things to talk about. Of course, you can uh, request a Mass, you can have uh, a prayer intention, but let, let's talk a little bit about the guilds because that 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 is a kind of unique aspect. Tell our listeners a little bit mm-hmm. about that father
0: so the guilds that we have are are dedicated to particular uh things and um, I'll, I'll just name one here in particular that is so so popular Saint Peregrine is a devotional shrine um, uh, Peregrine is the the um, the patron of uh, cancer sufferers, uh, cancer, right? Can- yeah. Yeah, yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Yep. Cancer victims, and so we have many people who come to pray at that altar, in particular, uh, because of um, uh, the, the concern they have for a loved one or for themselves. So the guilds are, are ways to enroll in the in the life of prayer in the shrine, uh, because that this is something that unites us uh, in the mystical body that we pray for one another. Our Lord specifically again encourages this: that prayers and petitions become more powerful uh, first when they're said uh, with a pure heart and by a holy person or a person striving for holiness, but also when it's a prayer in common. Mm-hmm. And so the guilds achieve these purposes, and and it helps the people to know that they're not alone, not isolated; they're not by themselves with whatever a particular challenge it is that they face.
1: So true. Uh, we have about two minutes left, Father. A- any other things, maybe, why would you encourage people to come? And d- did you guys have some some water issues lately, or did I just...
0: Well, we we did. No, that's not a small thing. We had a water main break mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. Um. And so we're assessing that, and, and God willing, we'll get it resolved. And uh, uh, I hope it'll be within the next few days. But we would encourage people to call if they would like to come and let us help them to make that pilgrimage uh, uh, something not, not just memorable, but holy. Um, and we're, we're happy we have a pilgrimage coordinator who, whose specific job is this. And one day, uh, just to finish out, Tim, we hope that pilgrims can become retreatants. Our next big project is to build a retreat house immediately next to the Shrine Church so that uh, those who come can stay on the property for a few days or even a week or more if they want, to enter more
1: deeply into the spirit of prayer. I, I think that is such a wonderful idea, Father, absolutely, and, and I like how you're forward thinking and looking for, for those things, and again, just on a personal note, I just, I really, it was such a healing experience for us, in the idea of, of naming a, an unborn child, like you said, whether miscarried, whether aborted, is, is so powerful, it, it brings that personal aspect to it, and... Again, you know, Cardinal Burke, a very forward-thinking man himself, you know, and we just want to thank you for your, you know, continuation of that and and your care and and helping our listeners to understand a little more what a pilgrimage is and what pilgrimage to Our Lady of Guadalupe has to offer. We have about 30, 40 seconds left, Father. Any final thoughts?
0: Well, Our Lady of Guadalupe is the patroness of all of the Americas, Mm -hmm. as well as patroness of the unborn, which is why... Uh, He chose, the Cardinal chose her. And if we think about the terrible scourges of today, idolatry, human sacrifice, these are things that she confronted uh, when she appeared almost 500 years ago to St. Juan Diego, and that's how badly we need her again today for these reasons. And there were millions of baptisms that followed in the wake of her appearance, so we know how powerful it is, and so that's why we are so devoted to her.
1: So true, and also a great sign of unity, right, because at the very same time, that uh, the, the the revolt, the Reformation, what was happening, a lot of people were, you know, millions of people were going away from the church and fragmenting. Yes. Here at the very same time, right? We have Our Lady yes. doing this. Yes, drawing souls and hearts to our Son as she always says. Amen. Thanks so much, Father Paul Check, Our Lady of Guadalupe Shrine. Thanks so much. God bless you, sir. All thank right, you. thank you. You college student looking for housing this fall, stay with us on Real Presence Live.